Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. Welcome to another edition of Protecting America, a political tsunami in recent days and a victory for justice and the rule of law. Soft on crime DA, San Francisco's DA, Chesa Boudin, gets voted out of office. He gets recalled in a heavily Democratic city where residents there are fed up with skyrocketing crime and criminals getting off easy. So will other soft-on-crime DAs be next? Well, joining us now is John Hatami. He is a deputy Los Angeles district attorney and is one of the folks leading the effort to recall his current boss, who is a soft-on-crime DA, George Gascon. Great to have you here on Protecting America, John. Thank you so much for having me, Rita. You know, I first want to talk about Chesa Boudin because, boy, that was stunning. Now we have a San Francisco soft-on-crime DA. I mean, it almost couldn't get more progressive if you look at his policies and his background. Gets recalled. What was your reaction to what happened in San Francisco? I was so happy for the residents of San Francisco. They've been suffering, Rita, for two years. The crime in San Francisco has skyrocketed. Follow home robberies, smash and grab burglaries, property crimes, homicides, fentanyl deaths in San Francisco have skyrocketed. You know, there's individuals using drugs all over the streets. Grand thefts of vehicles are happening every day. Uh, It's affected all the residents who live there. It's also affected people who travel to San Francisco and want a vacation in San Francisco. And so I was really, really happy for the residents. Also, you know, I'm very happy for the residents here in Los Angeles and for many of us in the United States. I hope so many people see what they were able to do in San Francisco and now step up and start looking at many of these rogue and radical prosecutors who have claimed to want to implement reforms, but instead what they have done is implemented radical and extreme policies that have increased crime and increased the total lack of public safety all over the United States, in Manhattan, in Chicago, in Seattle, in Los Angeles. And so I hope people are waking up to what's happening here in the United States. You know, I know you know San Francisco well. It has really gone downhill since he took office, right? It has. You know, I think a combination of George Gascon, who was up there for about eight years, and then Chesu Boudin, who has been up there for about two years, the combination of the two of them, which are two of the worst and most dangerous prosecutors we have in the United States, um, it's really turned San Francisco upside down. San Francisco, you know, is a beautiful city, and there's so many good people who live there. But Chesu Boudin does not care about the people. He doesn't. He only cares mostly about criminals. The policies that he implements are soft on crime policies that only help the criminal. And, you know, they have been suffering up there for two straight years. Hate crimes are rampant. George Chester Boudin refuses to prosecute many of those. And so you have these really extreme blanket policies that are implemented by these progressive prosecutors, Chester Boudin and George Gascon, that have really impacted San Francisco and the living conditions up there. 
when district attorneys should be fighting to make sure that their community is safe, they should be prosecuting crime, and then within that, work on trying to reform the system, but never at the cost of public safety. Absolutely. And you look at even the history, John Hatami, of Chesu Boudin. I mean, his parents were part of the Weather Underground. He used to visit them in prison. I mean, it's sort of this mindset, which is amazing. And, you know, they were part of the scheme, whereas we know with the Weather Underground, it was the Brinks robbery. There was a police officer who was killed, a security guard killed. I mean, it was amazing. I thought even that he got elected. He's never been a prosecutor. So you have a public defender who was elected to be the district attorney. I don't understand why many of these cities, you know, L.A. is the same way, where George Gascon's never tried one case in his entire career. He's never really been a prosecutor. Individuals need to vote for somebody who has experience, who wants to lead by example, who wants to lead from the front. A public defender who wants to be a public defender, who wants to blow up the system, who wants to abandon victims and the rights of victims, and who wants to release violent criminals should not be a district attorney. No one should be voting for that person. That individual is not only a public defender, he has a family of individuals who have done really, really bad things, terroristic things. And so people need to research who they vote for. It's really, really important. We live in such a great country where we get to vote. And I think so many people don't realize that, but you need to look for who you're voting for. The district attorney has a lot of power. And so, you know, this individual and many individuals at George Soros funds. So you'll see George Soros funds a lot of different progressive prosecutors here in the United States, Chester Boudin and George Gascon being two of them. But he finds individuals who don't want to be district attorneys, who don't believe in public safety, who don't believe in working with police officers, who don't believe in protecting children and protecting families. All they want to do is blow up our system, release everybody from prison, and have chaos and mayhem. And so when you vote for somebody, especially with district attorney, you need to look exactly who that person is. Do you think people are going to think twice now when they go to the voting booth? Because just as you hint, you know, you just said very eloquently, I think people weren't really realizing the impact. Sometimes they just kind of vote party line or hear a name. Do you think people will be doing a lot more research in the future when they go into the voting booth for especially district attorneys? I do. I think so many people have been all over L.A. County helping with the recall of George Gascon. And I think a lot of people read it, don't even understand what an assistant district attorney or a deputy district attorney does. And a lot of them don't even understand what a DA does or what the power they have. And so I think that when George Gascon said the word reforms, and when Chester Boudin said the word reforms, you know, people like that. That sounded good to them. The problem is, is neither of them have implemented any reforms. They haven't implemented any reforms to help mental health, to help drug and, and alcohol addiction, to help anybody. They lied. They said they were going to do reforms, and what they did was they were going to release serious and violent criminals. They weren't going to prosecute numerous amounts of crime, and they were going to be soft on crime, and they were going to abandon victims' rights. And so reforms are good, and they're important, and we need to make them. But just because somebody says that they're going to reform the system doesn't mean they are, especially somebody who has absolutely no experience in being a prosecutor. And so I hope people really look at who they vote for, especially when they vote for district attorney. And just because somebody says something doesn't necessarily mean they're going to do it. 
And of course, you still currently work for George Gascon, another soft on crime DA there in Los Angeles, John Hatami. You know what's amazing? On day one, he basically said, here are the crimes I'm now not going to prosecute. And a lot of people, their jaws dropped. What was the reaction in the office? We were, I think, shocked. I could tell you, me personally, on December 7, 2020, I'll always remember that day because that's when George Gascon not only took office, he implemented a large amount of blanket policies. He basically said, if you were a victim of a hate crime, we wouldn't charge any hate crimes at all. He said if a baby's arms were broken intentionally or ribs were fractured, we wouldn't prosecute that. He said if you committed domestic violence, he would give you zero bail. If you committed child abuse, he would give you zero bail and return you back to that home. He told me on many of my cases, I handle really major child murder cases, that we couldn't charge individuals who are torturing children. He said that if individuals had prior strikes, prior violent and serious strikes, we couldn't allege or charge those. There was between 10 and 15 misdemeanors that we wouldn't charge at all. Solicitation for prostitution, criminal threats, resisting arrest, disturbing the peace, aggravated trespass. There was just so many different things. There were so many individuals who wanted to go to a parole hearing because their loved one was murdered and they were hoping to make sure this person didn't get out. George Gaston disallowed all the prosecutors to go up to parole hearings. There were so many things we did that he implemented. And I think so many of us were just in shock because for me, not only morally do I believe I need to do the right thing. I took an oath. I took an oath to fight for the people of Los Angeles and to protect children. That isn't something that has to do with politics. That hasn't, isn't something that has to do with partisanship. That has to do with an oath I took to make sure that I protect children and prosecute individuals who are hurting children. George Gascon doesn't care about that, though. He doesn't. He has his own political beliefs, his own ideology, and he believes that Trump's or that takes over doing the right thing. And so many DAs, so many deputy DAs, Rita, were shocked. And, you know, that's why I stepped forward and started fighting against George Gascon's policies pretty soon after he implemented them. And others have started doing it, too. You know, it's tough to do that. A lot of us are experiencing a lot of pushback and a lot of retaliation. There's been a large number of lawsuits against George Gascon by his employees. He's hired only public defenders who hate the system, who hate our office. He's been there 18 months, and I still haven't seen him once. I haven't talked to him. He hasn't talked to me. He refuses to get involved in any of my cases. Pretty much all he wants to do is release serious and violent criminals and act like he's doing the job of a district attorney when he's really not. Which, by the way, when you say all of this, it is so heartbreaking for the victims. Thank goodness there are good folks like you that are there in the office to at least look out for victims' rights. But what does this say about the victim? They're getting lost in the process with soft on crime DAs, clearly. There is. There's so many victims who have approached me, Rita, victims whose sons have been murdered, whose daughters have been murdered. And there's a large group of mothers of murdered children who feel abandoned. There are fiancés and wives of police officers who were killed. George Gascon won't fully prosecute police officer killers. So if you kill a police officer, he won't charge that to the fullest extent of the law. There's parents whose children have been killed that he won't prosecute the fullest extent of the law. I mean, recently you saw a mom and her baby that were ran over. George Gascon won't even meet with her 
and talk to her about what happened. We had another individual who sexually molested and violently assaulted a 10-year-old girl. George Gaston wouldn't meet with that victim. We have so many individuals who feel abandoned. And you know, when you lose a loved one in a crime, you look to the district attorney. The criminal justice system is tough to understand. And so you look to that district attorney, that prosecutor, to stand up, to be their voice, and to fight for them. George Gaston doesn't do that at all. He completely abandons them. He can care less about victims. And right now we have a serious problem in Los Angeles because we have a really high homicide rate. It's the highest in 15 years. And so we have a lot of victims and family members of victims who feel completely abandoned by George Gascon. Wow, that is so heartbreaking. You know, you talked about the recent case of the hit and run. Everybody saw that video. Here it is, a juvenile plows over a mother and her child. Thank goodness they're okay. But clearly it was, you know, an attempted murder, if you will. He reduces basically the punishment. Turns out the juvenile also had a felony in his background. And at the end of the day, he sentences the juvenile to, what was it, just a few months in juvenile camp. I mean, that was outrageous. What is juvenile camp so people understand? That's a slap on the wrist. It is. So juvenile camp is a lot like basically the YMCA. It's, you know, open barracks. And it's not something that you would send somebody to who had a prior for spiking a 16-year-old girl's drink and trying to date rape that person. And then while on probation, getting in a vehicle, stealing it, and then running over a mom and her baby. It's not the appropriate sentence. You know, this is, it shows you that George Gascon not only doesn't care about victims, doesn't care about public safety, he also doesn't even understand what it means to be a prosecutor, understand his job, because he could have charged assault with a deadly weapon to wit automobile, which is a general intent crime. The problem is he didn't even want to charge that because that is a strike, and, and it's a serious and violent felony. And it would say that you could impose a stricter sentence on this individual. So George Gascon is not even telling the truth when he says that he filed the most appropriate or the harshest charges. No, he didn't. Because assault with a deadly weapon is an appropriate charge. That should have been two counts of that. One count of felony hit and run and one count of felony unlawful taking of a vehicle. And if you're a prosecutor with any type of experience, you would see the video, see the witnesses, see the victim, and say that's not a difficult case to prove because it's a general intent crime, assault with a deadly weapon. And so you see George Gascon does not care. He completely lies to the media, lies to the public. He doesn't care about the victim or a baby. Can you imagine? Here's the thing. There's an elected deputy district attorney, and an eight-month-old baby was ran over. And George Gascon thinks it's more important to worry about the wrongdoer the person who ran over this baby than to worry about the health and safety of a baby. And people voted for this individual. So yeah, it's shocking. I think people need to step back and look at that. All the parents in Los Angeles, anybody who has children or relatives, George Gascon does not care about your children. He cares more about individuals who are committing crime. And that's not the job of the district attorney. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that is absolutely alarming. You know, one of the cases I think that also highlights it, and you know this case, John Hatami, it was a gang member who was caught on audio tape in a phone call 
in a jailhouse call basically saying, oh, gosh, you know, George Gascon's my hero. This is, again, a gang member who was convicted of a crime. And what, he said he wanted to put his name on his face because he was so proud of George Gascon. That's not something you want to wear as a badge of honor. No, and there was a new one today, Rita. It just came out, a new jail call today, an individual who murdered somebody and tried to murder two other people. He was caught on a jail call saying that he needed to get a deal quickly because he believed George Gascon was going to be recalled. And if George Gascon was recalled, the deal he was going to get was going to be taken off the table. So you have now these serious murderers who are trying to plead out their case because they think George Gascon is going to be recalled. We have other serious murderers who are getting his name tattooed on their forehead because they think George Gascon, the elected DA, is his hero. And we have individuals who are toasting, also murderers who are toasting the DA. That's happened as well. We also had somebody who sexually assaulted and molested a 10-year-old, and he was caught on a jail call saying that he got a good deal just some time in juvenile custody as a 26-year-old because of George Gascon. So when you have child molesters, rapists, murderers and gang members toasting the DA, wanting to get the name tattooed on them, talking about getting a good deal because they're afraid he's going to be recalled. It shows you that he is only helping murderers, rapists, child molesters. There's no way would a murderer or rapist or a child molester be praising the district attorney. That sounds crazy. That doesn't happen. And it shouldn't. It shouldn't happen. Because the DA's number one job is to protect the public and fight for the rights of victims and do the right thing. No way should a murderer be toasting the district attorney. It's completely backwards what's happening here in Los Angeles and in a lot of cities throughout the United States. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to me, it's just insane that that is happening. But they see what's happening. They see that they're getting off easy. And just like this one that you just brought up is saying, oh, let's hurry up while he's still there. We want to make sure, you know, I mean, they're smart. They know how to game the system. And clearly, George Gascon is leading the charge on this. And that's frightening. I want to ask because, John Hatami, you are also leading the charge for the recall. This is the second recall effort against George Gascon. How is that going? And do you feel optimistic after what happened in San Francisco? We do. So we have over 500,000 signatures. We need 566,000 to qualify to get on the ballot, to get the recall of George Gaston on the ballot. We have 28 days left. And so really, I hope everybody who hears this who's in Los Angeles realizes that we got to put our best foot forward and everybody's got to be out there every day collecting signatures. Because, reader, when we turn in these signatures, You know, a lot of individuals in the system here support George Gascon. And so we want to make sure that we have enough extra signatures that we don't get, you know, some shady stuff happening where they start kicking our signatures or saying they're not valid because, you know, we've seen that happen before. And so we need to get as many signatures as we can to make sure that we're safe, that even if some signatures do get kicked, we're going to have enough to qualify. And so I do believe in the next 28 days, We're going to work as hard as we can, as hard as we can, to get the recall of George Gascon on the ballot. The recall of Chesapeake Dean has definitely lifted our spirit. We work with a lot of individuals in San Francisco. We're very, very happy for the residents of San Francisco. And it's also lifted our spirits that if they can recall Chesapeake Dean up in San Francisco, 
we can recall George Gascon down here. We all believe that he's next. He is the next extreme, radical, and rogue prosecutor, criminal-friendly prosecutor who is going to be recalled. We just need to work as hard as we can for the next 28 days. July the 6th is the deadline. So July the 6th is the deadline to get the signatures turned in, and then we're very, very hopeful that we will get recall of George Gascon on the ballot. Well, we wish you so much luck, and I know the citizens of Los Angeles, there are so many folks there who are so concerned about crime and what's happening in their community, and obviously that's why you are getting so many signatures as well. And I wish you so much luck in this effort because I know your heart's in the right place. John Hatami, thank you for all you do to protect victims' rights and to keep America safe. It's really great to have you here on this such an important topic. Thank you so much, Rita, and I do want to say thank you for fighting for us here in Los Angeles. So many victims and so many survivors appreciate what you're doing. I can tell you I'm a child abuse survivor myself, and it is so refreshing to have somebody stand up in the media and fight for the little person, fight for the person that doesn't have a voice. And so we appreciate everything you do here in Los Angeles. Well, thank you, and thank you for all you do and for protecting victims' rights. And you understand it now, obviously, all too well. John, thank you. Thank you, Rita. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And, of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight, on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby. And thanks for all you do to protect America. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.